Hi there, Randy Green here and welcome to a little talk I'm going to have with Josh DePold from Integrating Presence on the topic of the Mandala Effect. As far as I can look up, it became what we could say within mainstream in 2009 when Fiona Broom brought it on her YouTube channel where she talked about that she had vivid memories of recalling Mandela, Nelson Mandela, Mandela dying in prison in 1990s, in the 1990s. I can't remember the specific date. And because my brain works in a dissimilar way when we talk about memories and when we talk about information streams that are part of the base program, in a more, what we could say, linear way, I will let Josh explain the mandala effect as he has perceived it and understood in his studies of the mandala effect over the years. And then later on, I will give my interpretation of how I actually perceive the mandala effect, which is quite dissimilar to uh, what uh, mainstream interpret is. Um, generally speaking, it is often tied to what's called collective false memory, and that's the scientific explanation, and false memory goes back to Freud, I think it is, that talked about how people can remember things in one way, and um, others can remember it in a dissimilar way. And I can say, as a personal experience, if I talk to my sister about some of the things from our childhood, she will remember it in one way, and I'll remember it in a different way. But that's not necessarily false memory. That can just be different interpretation of reality and different interpretations of the situations that we are in. When we talk about false memory, then we talk literally about some things that we perceive in one way the classical example is Looney Tunes or Looney Tunes, and I recall them as Looney Tunes with T-U-N-E-S and not T-U-O-O-N-S as some does. So this kind of we have the physical evidence of something that looked in one way and then later on it looks in a different way. And that's where I will come in with my little bit of other dimensional explanations. But for here for Josh, talking a little bit about how he has perceived the uh, mandala effect? Well, my understanding of this is probably going to be a little bit fractured and disjointed too, but I don't feel I need to explain too much because I, I gather this is such a um, popular thing that it's in the popular culture now that everybody's pretty much um, knows what this is about. And I don't think I can add too much to a regular definition. Look at, look up the definition of what people had say. I will add a few things here that I think are relevant. Um, this is a phenomena that, you know, it, it's, it's, well, where should I start with this? Um, like Randy said, the, the, Fiona Broom, which actually I heard a woman called Starfire Tor on the internet saying that she stole that from her. And if I'm getting this right, something where, no, this is, I'm probably getting this wrong too. Just the whole notion of this can be kind of um, disjoining. And, but I thought she claimed that she was just going to pick a random event and make it up. 
and then seed that out to the collective and then see how many people took the bait and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. But but then supposedly she just invented a random occurrence and made it up and then had all these people believing it happened one way or another. And I hadn't heard that take on it before. But when we talk about, yeah, these collective false memories that people, there's so many different examples. And since Randy's Danish, she doesn't have a lot of these reference points. She, you have a lot of the movie and entertainment ones, but Stouffer's Stove Top Stuffing, I remember that instead of just whatever they're saying it is now. Um, Jiffy, you know, instead of Jiff, this peanut butter, there's just countless examples. One of the emblems. And I actually like the details of this. The classic one, though, and this was all started from a movie we watched. It was actually called The Mandela Effect, but it was classed as a sci-fi horror movie. And we had quite a bit of talks of what was happening in that movie. Maybe we'll go into some of it here. Um, the, the, The biggest thing that stands out for me, if this is an effect, how do we explain such uh, massive amounts of people, because a lot of people I've talked to, they remember it one way, and they're saying it, it wasn't like that, that that never happened, you know. How do we, if, how do we account for that, you know? Is it mass delusion? There's so many different theories and things, and I have no idea. I'm still studying this. There's whole conferences on the Mandela effect. Um, so that's the biggest question here, and I don't think science has it nailed down either. So I'm, I'm fascinated to hear Randy's uh, take on this. Um, I think that's it for now. There'll be other things popping up here and there. Okay. <clears throat> so I just needed to pause there for two seconds. Where do I want to go with this? What do I want to say? As I always say, because of course I have my ideas of uh, what things is. One thing that strikes me, and I must be careful here because I can't impose onto other people what they are and how they perceive themselves and, and what their reality perception is. So even though I have some ideas, um, I'm just going to leave it there uh, when we talk about why Fiona Broom had these vivid memories of it and, and how it came to be. Of course, I have my ideas with that. Um, <laughs> you can hear how I'm dying to say it, but I, I, will, I won't say it. Okay, so that's a little bit annoying. I know that people, sorry about that. Um, what I can say is that in my personal life, that I can talk about. I can talk about interception and different forms of intercepted memories that I have experienced in my own personal life as well as dealing with the other dimensions and the different types of projects that uh, those of you who have listened to other material on my channel, the Future Humanities channel, you know that my life has been uh, in great details, contact with other realms as well as later on from 2000 and when was it, give or take, 13 other dimensions as well as a lot of other extraterrestrial groups that began to become really prominent and and in public, more than just what we could see, the pullouts and the different types of alien, quote-unquote, abductions that took place from the 1950s and onward, where they, in 2000, from 2011 and onward, began what we call the holographic pull-in, where they, via these different types of holographic technologies, began to insert 
different types of code patterns as well as local and non-local memory segments that I call interception or false memories, which are not the same as what Freud was talking about because back then when, when Sigmund Freud was working with people and the collective and the ideas that he had at the time, we were under what we call the old world order reality programs where the astral barrier and frequency fence literally kept us stuck within specific type of memories, within specific type of processing memories, as well as specific ways of how the brain worked. And for me in the old world order programs, the astral barriers was typically linked up to the emotional field and the mental barrier or the frequency fence was linked up to the neural network, ensuring that humanity uh, more or less on a full scale were what we could say controlled in what they were thinking and feeling. And I talk about this in my book, The Souls of Humanity. I will put in there a lot of the information there is now slightly um, outdated, but it is a good historical insight to some of the remaining ripple effects of these old world order type of programs and program cubes that uh, were situated in the fourth dimension and were linked up to different types of colonizing races that were here and had been have been here for the last 15,000 years. And by that, in to a large degree, put humanity into what we call a quite big slumber of oblivion, literally from A to Z, and a lot of other um, ways to make sure that the three lower fields within each human were engineered, uh, administered, as well as uh, lived through the entire lifespan in a manner that ensured, I'm here picking my words again, as you can hear, I want to say something straightforward, but I'm not, but um, ensuring that People would, if they were waking up, they would wake up within a specific type of programs that ensured that they were pushed into America round rabbit holes and other places where the awakening, the simulated awakening would not really be an awakening. Then we had, due to the incoming extraterrestrial groups in the 1950s, they came in due to glitches in these old programs. They began breaking down as the original network and crystal uh, plasma crystals began to break down that upheld the colonizers network that were controlling the astral barrier frequency fence. And by that, we began to have bleed throughs and complete, um, in, in many ways, a breakdown of the original reality program. And other groups were called in as an assistance of that. And that's for me why the groups in the 1950s came in here, because they were called in from some of the other groups that were part of uh, what called the Old World Order agenda. And they invited in these groups to ensure that the reality program, the Truman Show that we were part of the time would continue. And with that, gave access to these extraterrestrial groups from parallel universal matrices that were founded upon what we call technology. And that also ties into a complete different understanding of uh, the different types of um, the Roswell incident, for instance. People talk about this happened by accident or that it was from the parallel universal matrix that this craft or crafts were were fell to the ground due to malfunction and 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 all of these things 
thinking that they did that deliberately to create a backdoor and get access to different types of groups of humanity. There are other speculations which I don't want to go into as in kind of visiting uh, the, the old Germany, let's just call it that way, um, as well as other things that you can look up on the internet as well. Um, my opinion on that is completely dissimilar because for me, we have had since 15,000 years ago, we have had the different groups within humanity that was aware of what was going on, that had the ability to function inside this reality as well as their artificially linked up realities under these different groups of colonizers. Some of these humans were of the original solar system humanities and make arrangements back then to keep their mind intact. And they became the administrators and the administrators and controllers and what we technically understand as that group of humans that have been on top of the hierarchy inside our reality field, having operating vessels that allow them to exist over a quite extended period of time, recloning themselves and on and so forth. So my understanding is completely different than what most people have um, the understanding of out there. And that's why I haven't spoken about it for a very long time. Why can I talk about it now? Because we're changing, our world is changing once more. But in 2011, as I said, the technocratic um, groups that came here, invited here, they had finally figured out a way how to work purely and utterly holographically with humanity and no longer needed the big pole lanes where they, in the beginning, um, assembled different forms of the human genome, the human organic vessel to figure out how it actually worked. And once they had the three lower fields organized in different types of simulations and experiments, which the ones that were pulled in, they talked about back then, and that, that was a horror show, it still happens from time to time. But they have advanced in the manner that they don't need this type of physical form. They can just do the holographic imprint, put it into clone technology, and then do it via the clones. But since it's a holographic imprint of our high-order energy system, then it ripples into our physicality. And by that, the pull-in is just as effective as if they literally pulled in our, this physical form, but they don't need to do that anymore. So that's a very, very different angle. How did that come to be? How could they suddenly begin to engineer these kind of vessels? How could they begin to engineer these kind of simulations? Um, how how were, were that possible for them to do so? And that's what I call the event program. And for me, the Mandala effect is tied into that. It's tied into the event program and the reprogramming of the old world order colonizing reality programs as they began to fall apart. The technocratic races took over the programming units, let's call it that, recreated the different programs that they had from the holographic imprints of humans they had pulled in and began to reassemble the collective memory of the astral barrier as well as the frequency fence and created a new type of simulation program, the interactive simulation program that became the event program, which many of you recall from 2018 was the big, or 17, I think it was, was the big, that now the fifth dimension would be here and uh, these promises of rainbows and unicorns that never really came to be um, because of the... the, the they were the, the greys that were behind this, and these are not the seaters. They are, for me, they are the maintainer greys that were collaborating with some of the other groups from the, um, 
the parallel universal matrix that has similar groups like ours. We can, for instance, the Arcturians, they have one third inside the 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 old constellation of our universal structure, and then two-thirds of them have shifted into the parallel universal matrix, which means two-thirds of them, of the Octorians, are now part of a different type of gray. So it's it's complicated, people. It's not simple as saying come from there or there or whatever, because the overlay that they have put in is not just in our solar system, it's our entire universal structure. So that means that it goes into many, many different layers, such as uh, I remember years ago looking into, and actually I I think it was in, was it in 2012 or 2011? I can't remember. I got this very strong look up the Sagittarius arm on the internet and I looked it up and I remember looking at it and I saved it for quite some time. So I revisited it on the, on the, not understanding why is this so important. But in 2017, I got again, look up the Sagittarius arm and Carl Sagan says that in a YouTube video. He says the Sagittarius arm and, and Wikipedia now explains, well, that was a minor portion of it and that was that was inaccurate because it's now actually called the Orion arm. But that happened because the Orions came in 2017 and linked us up to their dark galactic core. And then we became the Orion arm because we got under the control of the Orions. And with that, the Sea of Grays and all of these things, the, the conglomerate that are working with the Orions. And some of the event program <clears throat> technologies and reprogramming was then also taken over by the Orions and by that begin to create some of what we call the dark light configurations that are now running as a subcurrent in, in many levels of the collective, which are affecting quite a large portion of the people that were part of what we call the military projects that were a, a secret program. Nobody knows of this. We haven't got to that yet. Most people are mostly talking about the reverse engineering of the different crafts. They have not yet touched ground with the reverse engineering of the human genome that were put into these different types of military projects that were focused on about humans and not the technology which many are talking about. Well, that will come later on into the future. So I will stop here uh, with this uh, segment here and then we will continue in the next where I know Josh has got some good questions and we will go into the questions in the next segment.